Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Here's your chance to advance. Get in your stance, and he'll shoot the holster off your cowboy pants. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrifice a little bit of my week to make your week a little better each and every week. And this week. This week it's going to get a lot better. We're going to have a lot of fun. We got two movie reviews. We got a cool story. We got a uh, we got a special report about the biggest local convention of the year, Santa Rosa ToyCon 2015. We went and we will tell you all about it. It's a great time. Great time had by all. Uh hey what's up Iceberg? Nice to see you man. It's been a few days. Uh what have you been up to, dude? Not much, man. Just hanging and clanging. You know how I do. Like, uh, like specifically, though, what were you doing? I mean, what, what were you up to? Like, for real? Just doing my thing, troop. And how come you're talking like that? I mean, where did you get these words? You have, like, a whole new vernacular. It's, it's, it's weird, man. I downloaded a 90s hip-hop slang language pack. I thought it was important to fit in with the vibe of the show. That's cool, man. I can appreciate that you went the extra mile and that you put in the extra effort. So, uh, so my dude, you got any new songs, anything like that for us this week? No dice, my man. It took me all week to install the pack. It was crazy difficult. I do got a classic piece, though. This jam is for all my peeps out there in the Delta Quadrant. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. We might blow up, but we won't go pop. All right, we are back. We are back. Uh, Iceberg, thanks for that, dude. That was some good mixing. Your scratching skills are getting a bit better, man. Uh, nice tune, so let's move forward into the show. So what we got what we got right now is a weird story, a weird real-life story. So we had this cat. His name was Tuvix. He was a gray cat, boy cat. Lived around the house. I'm not the biggest fan of cats, but... Sometimes they just sort of fall into your lap. And this dude fell into our lap. So we got him. And he's cool. He was not a bad cat. He didn't pee in the house. He, uh, he was friendly enough. You know, he was okay. I didn't mind him. He went in and out. We have a dog door. He would go in and out the dog door as he pleased. And then one day, he just up and disappeared. He never came back. That does happen with cats. It's unfortunate. But I think sometimes... They just decide to go on their own way. I don't I don't know what they're thinking, but they're just like, you know, man, 
I'm going to see what's out there. I'm going to check out the world. going to check out these greener pastures or whatever. I don't know. That's what I like to think. I don't want to think the worst. But Tuvik's disappeared and... I thought that, and I did think the worst, and it was sad, uh, 2.0 really liked Tuvix, and she was upset when he was gone, it was, you know, it was sad for her, and, um, this was about maybe a year and a half, two years ago, the wounds have healed, we're ready to move forward, and then one day, I'm sleeping, the, uh, the old lady is awake, and she's out there in the other room, and she comes in, and she gets me, and she's like, guess what? And I go, what? What's going on? And she tells me, Tuvix is back. <laughs> I couldn't believe it, man. It's true. He is back. He has appeared again at the station, appearing to be no worse for wear in any way. He, uh, he seems exactly the same. He, he looks the same, not any older. He's not beat up. He's fed. Everything is great. It's very strange. He's been back about a week now, and he's here like, uh, as if nothing ever happened. He's, uh, sleeping in his old spots, doing his old thing. He's just like, hey, guys, I'm back. Guess what? Totally weird. Where do you think Tuvix went? Just, uh, out there on the prowl doing what boy cats do? Or do you think that he was the victim of a foul crime? Taken. But finally, he escaped. And maybe, who knows, man, maybe he jumped in the neighbor's car, drove somewhere across town, and he's just been, like, walking back. You know, he got out of the car. He would do that from time to time. We would uh, be getting ready to go somewhere, and dude would jump into the car, and we wouldn't notice until we'd started uh, moving a bit. So it's possible he might have jumped into somebody else's car, got driven somewhere, and then has just been walking back. I don't think so, but it's possible. But it's very strange, because... I had thought he was dead. I was certain that Tuvix was gone. I didn't want to say so, but I thought that just as a boy cat, he got out there, got in over his head with something going on, some kind of a fight, something of that sort, and just, he met his fate. I don't know. I just, that's what I thought, man, because otherwise, why wouldn't he come back? We have food, shelter, water, all that stuff. And the water, dude, it's a drought. It's not like he's going to find a puddle somewhere would have to come back to the water source at the very least, but he didn't. So, anyway, he's back. So, quite a strange turn of events. It's almost like seeing a ghost, because I never, ever, ever thought that we would lay eyes upon this guy again. Before, before we move on, let's do two small things on Twitter. First dude who tweets me at, it could be a dude at, at IC Robots, at I-S-E-E Robots, with the, uh, with the place that his name Tuvix came from. That's T-U-V-I-X. Don't use Google. Use your brain. First person that tweets me with that gets a shout out next week. And, uh, why don't you guys tweet me with where you think Tuvix might have been? And we can talk about that on the show in a while, too, if you want. Might be fun. Might, you know, might not be. I don't know. But hit me up on Twitter, tell me where the name Tuvix came from, Tuvix came from, and, uh, Wonder gets a shout-out. Might be fun. Anyway, so, we're gonna move forward. Next segment of the show is known as... At the Movies. In a moment, At the Movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? <laughs> You listen good, because I'm only going to say this once. And on your long time. Now we need to know exactly who you've talked to and exactly what you said. 
I'm sorry, Jimmy. Do you know what I do to rats? Yeah! I have no choice. You always have a choice. You just happen to make the wrong one. Rated R. The uh, first movie we saw this week was a movie called Black Mass with Johnny Depp. It's one of those deals where Johnny Depp immerses himself in makeup. He becomes Whitey Bulger, the uh, famous Boston gangster. It's good. The movie was good. It's one of those kind of gimmicks where the performance is what is selling the show. I'm not saying that it's light on uh, story or anything, but it's not one of those deals with like twists and turns. It's a straightforward biopic, and you are you're paying to see. Johnny Depp doing his Johnny Deppian performance, and it's good, I mean, Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp, dude, dude knows how to act, and he really, he really brings, a uh, Whitey Bulger to life, not like I know the dude personally, but I have seen a couple docs on him, you like how I said doc, I've seen a couple docs on him, so I get an idea of what he, uh, seems like, what he sounds like, and Depp captures it, man, he does great, it's one of those movies, too, where, uh, Every time they introduce a new character, he's an actor that you know. I mean, Adam Scott's in it. That dude who was in uh, Warrior with Tom Hardy, the guy who played his brother. I totally forget his name, but that guy was in it. He's excellent. He plays uh, the crooked FBI guy. The crooked FBI dude who puts Whitey Bulger on the books as a way to... As a way to make him an employee so that he is above the law. That is the main conflict of the movie. Is that this dude works for the FBI. He's a friend of Whitey Bulger's from back in the day. And he gets him signed on as an informant. So it puts him on a, like an exempt status. They, they let him run free. And dude's a maniac. And it's just, it's crazy to see the things that he got away with. While also working for the FBI. So... That's very strange, but that's how it went. As far as I know, that is the truth of the story. Have you dudes seen that movie, uh, The Departed with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon? I love that movie. That movie is fantastic. And in a lot of ways, that movie is also this movie. I think that they based The Departed on this and that Jack Nick, Jack Nicholson, was uh, playing Whitey Bulger. So in this movie, the guy from Warrior is Matt Damon, and uh, there isn't a uh, DiCaprio, as far as we know. It's the story of Matt Damon and Jack Nick. I didn't know any of this business with uh, The Departed and the Bulger story, so partway through, I kind of came to this realization, and that added a layer of interest to me. But overall, the movie's fine. The movie's great. You go see it, you will definitely have a good time. I, it, it is, despite what I said earlier, it is a bit light on story. You are just tuning in to see all the stars and to see uh, Depp's performance. But the performance is worth it. This is, uh, this might be just as fine on DVD or on HBO a few years from now. So go with that accordingly. But around Oscar time, they might be talking about this. What they might be talking about, though, is Dude from Warriors underneath performance. They might be talking about that guy, but it's also possible they might be talking about Depp. So you might want to see it for that, just for that alone. So, uh, ISR recommended, man. You, uh, won't have a bad time. So we're going to move into the second movie we saw, which was, uh, completely different. I, I can't go yet. Hold on. Let me look up that dude's name. I feel, uh, I feel stupid. Hold on. Let me... 
Oh, uh, Opa. Oh, yep. Uh, dude's name is Joel Edgerton, too. The guy who I was talking about earlier. And you know who else is in it that's great is the cat who was Landry on Friday Night Lights. And he was in Breaking Bad, too. That dude's in it, and he kills it. He kills it. He plays one of Bulger's thugs. If you're, uh, if you have an affinity for Friday Night Lights, you might want to check it out just for that. Because Landry kills it. So, uh, let's get the next trailer going here. Sorry, I don't got it all ready to go. It's in a... They send them to me in these vinyl clamshell cases, so, uh, got it. Okay, here we go. Review number two. Pops! We gotta go. Pops? We gotta go. We gotta go right now. What the hell are you talking about? Come on, we gotta go. Come on, they're coming for us. Can you just calm what down happened? and talk to us? It's wicked! It's still wicked. It's, it's always been wicked. Thomas. What did you see? The next movie we saw this week was, uh, Maze Runner Part 2, The Scorch Trials. The Scorch. We were really looking forward to this. I don't know, my dudes. We enjoyed Maze Runner Part 1 quite a bit. It's one of those dope family action films that we really enjoy. It's one of our favorite things, family action. We can all get into it. Everybody likes an action film, and this is it, man. This was like a cool teenage action film. Uh, In the first movie, the dudes wake up in this mysterious maze... Everything is supplied for them, food, water, all that stuff, and, uh, they just have no idea why they're in there, and they cannot find their way out. This is what happens after they find their way out of the maze into the real world, I guess, is how I would best describe it. It is a post-apocalyptic thing, the whole world is destroyed, it's a desert, they call it the Scorch, that dude who has a little finger on uh, Game of Thrones keeps going, the Scorch, the Scorch. So basically, this is what happens when they escape from the maze out into the Scorch. There are zombies. There are thrills. And there's just all kinds of cool stuff, man. We totally dug the Scorch. Also, there was a new gimmick at our movie theater. Something called the Barco Escape. It, it's, a, it's a screen. It's a screen deal similar to like an IMAX. They got the straight-ahead screen and they add two additional screens, one on each side, that at moments during the movie come on and show you uh, a more panoramic view. They show you some different angles. It's interesting. It's not on all the time, though. That's what I don't like. You, uh, The best thing to do if you get faced with one of these, you uh, just keep looking forward because th- what they do is they kind of show... Um, they show, like, a blurred colors of, like, what you would see in the periffs if you were really in this, um, in the situation that is going on the screen. And then every once in a while, boom, they turn it on, and you're faced with this panoramic image. Usually, they would do it in this movie when they were out in the scorch. They would show you the desert. They did it a few times when they were, uh, crawling through tunnels. They showed you the side of the tunnels. When it's on... It's really neat. The problem is, I don't know why the movie's not doesn't have it all the time. I think it's kind of, uh, maybe they don't got enough of these movies fully formatted. I guess the hope would be 
that eventually filmmakers will start shooting in this format and it will be something that uh, is exciting and fun, but who knows. I was talking to one of my friends who's a theater manager and he was telling me that they install these for free. The company gives you the Barco Escape for free in hopes that they can sell you the Barco Escape movies. They also want to sell you, uh, they have chairs, seats, your seats will vibrate and whatever. He said they've been trying to get them to get the vibrating seats for a long time. The problem is he doesn't see any movies in the vibrating seat format. I don't know what that would be, horror? You think uh, something scary happens? Wait the whole movie. Save it up the whole time. And then right at a scary moment, boom, explode the seat. Don't even let people know. Dudes will have a heart attack. They will die. It will be hilarious and also scary. That's my recommendation for the vibrating chairs. But uh, Scorch is cool, man. We definitely enjoyed the Scorch. I don't know a lot of the actors who's in it. Uh, Lily Taylor was in it. The girl who was Ramsey in uh, the, what's that movie called? The last Fast and Furious movie's in it. The girl from Game of Thrones who's the Khaleesi's right-hand, uh, girl, um, she's in it, and I don't know, it's, but that, I, I like that when you don't recognize a lot of the people, it adds a certain layer of reality to the proceedings, so I would say, if you got a family, you got some teenagers, you want to see something cool, go see The Scorch, when we left, I asked 2.0 if she dug it, and she said she dug it the most, she said she thought it was fantastic, and that every minute of it was super cool, so there you go, maybe, maybe if you got a teenager, take them to see it, because she's picky, she doesn't like a lot of things. She does like a cool movie, but a lot of them she's just like, meh. And she didn't man this one. She gave it a big thumbs up. So I'm going to give it a big thumbs up too. And uh, good times was had by all. But then this one doesn't even get a trailer. We went to see another movie. Me and uh, the old lady went to see M. Night Shyamalan's latest called The Visit. And uh, I, I like M. Night. I don't hate on him like a lot of fools do. I think that he's fine. I think his movies are cool. They're not the greatest movies in the world sometimes, but hey man, no one's, no one hits a homer every time. And he's hit, he's hit a couple homers, but he's also hit a couple doubles, and doubles are fine, man. Doubles win games. So we went to see this one thinking that it would be cool, but um, it was not. I hate to say bad things about a movie, but this movie was terrible, and um, I feel bad for M. Night in a lot of ways, dudes, I do. Uh, the movie is called The Visit. And it's about some grandparents who decide to reconnect with their grandchildren after having a long time falling out with their mother. They invite them over for a visit, and a lot of scary things happen. But what I did not like is that what's going on is the kid, the daughter, is shooting a documentary about the visit, and the movie is her footage of what's happening, and it's all shaky cam. They drop the camera... Ugh, I don't like this. I don't mind found footage to a degree, but this this whole entire thing was on the found footage deal. And man, I got a headache uh, after a few minutes. And I'm just like, let's get out of here. And that's, I'll tell you, that's something we never do. And I, I was afraid to say, I think I want to leave. But I said it to uh, I said it to her, to, with, to my uh, old lady. And she said, yeah, I agree. Well, let's go. And we both, we took off. That never happened. And, uh... It wasn't just the shaky footage. It was the kids who they have starring in it. One of the kids, they're both uh, they're both white kids, um, blonde, and one of them has this rapper gimmick going where he raps about his hoes and all this stuff. And that's totally trite, lame, and uh, 
the daughter is super pretentious like she's in the film. And she just keeps talking about how great her doc, doc is going to be. Her doc is going to be fantastic. And she's using all this uh, lingo and it's supposed to be cute, I guess. But it's not. It's obnoxious. Both the main characters are horrible. The footage uh, is horrible. Just, we split. Never happens. I'm pretty easy on movies. So that one gets the big thumbs down. Unfortunately, M. Night. And I don't even like to do it, but... uh. I'm hoping maybe you'll hear this and it will propel you to new heights because we went and we read the Wikipedia about what happens in the rest of the movie and the story is good. It's not bad. I don't think that that's the problem. It was the found footage aspect. So maybe, I don't know, maybe just kind of stick to the basics because everybody likes a nice steady shot, a nice, pretty, steady shot. So, uh... There you got it, my dudes. All right, we're going to move into the main event, the meat and potatoes of the show. We're going to talk about a dope, dope toy con around our area, the Santa Rosa Toy Con 2015. Hey, this is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke on G.I. Joe, and you're listening to the Toys R Us Report. Yo, Joe! Make sure to visit VirtualDirtMall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek Pride hat. It's really up to you. VirtualDirtMall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Scarecrow and Mrs. King will not be seen tonight, but will return next week at this time. This is a Toys R Us report special presentation, Santa Rosa Toy Con 2015. The day of the Santa Rosa Toy Con might be my favorite day of the year. The IC Robots Earth Station is located in Santa Rosa, California. And this is the closest con I will ever go to. It is maybe two or three miles from my house. Anything that is close to my house increases my enjoyment. I don't like, I don't like traveling. I don't like going far away. If it's close, it's good as far as I'm concerned. I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't got that rambling bone. I don't got that, I need to go far away and see the world kind of bone. I'm happy, man. It's nice here. It's nice in California. And it's nice to go to something that you enjoy that is right in your backyard. And man, this is a small show, but it's delightfully fun. It's a great, great time. All the greater because I can wake up at 10 o'clock, drive there, and be there when they open. Just awesome. Usually we got to go to Sacramento or San Francisco, which is, you know, hours away from here. And that means you got to get up earlier. That means you got to pack up at night to be ready to go. It's just not as fun as if you could just get up, get dressed, boom, roll to the show. Now, I do want to say I got a bit of a disclaimer. The show, the Santa Rosa Toy Con, is put on by the dude who runs that local uh, toy shop that I do talk about from time to time. I would not say he is a nemesis of mine, but he is not somebody that I, um, he's not somebody that I like a lot. There has been a couple times in the past where I've been looking at something at his shop and he just uh, grabs it out of my hand. He likes to go, this is collectible. And he just straight up snatches things right out of your hand, which I don't know, man. That's not good business. I've never, never bought anything from him, but 
I can't front, man. This is a fun show, and he's the dude who brings it to me. So, you know, more power to you, bro. More power to you. Keep on fighting the good fight as far as this goes. This is the third year of the Santa Rosa Toy Con, which is also known as the North Bay Comic Con. And each year, it gets bigger and it gets better. So, dude, you're doing something good. You're doing something right for the whole community. You just need to work on your customer service skills a bit. The guest of honor at this year's show was the one, the only Billy D. Williams, a.k.a. the dude from the Colt 45 commercials, a.k.a. Er, Lando Calrissian. He was there signing autographs, and he also did a Q&A. We will get back, uh, we'll get back to the Q&A in a minute, but I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about some of the things I saw at the show. Oh, I also want to say right now that we're going to take the Toy-Con right out to the end of the show. We're not going to have a Toys R Us report because I went over there and there's nothing new. So we're going to skip that, add the time to the Toy-Con talk, and just take it on out of here. Cool breeze. Anyway, um... Let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. So we get there, and there is a line, which is always a nice sign. I want a show to be successful, so they will have more shows. So there is a big, long line stretching out behind the fairgrounds building. That's where it was, the Sonoma County Fairgrounds. So, the line was pretty far, which was cool, uh, to me, you know, because it moved quickly, and then, you know, we're in the show. Immediately, you can see that this year is bigger than last year. There is a lot more vendors, which is great. That's what I'm there for. I'm there for buying toys. I'm there for buying comics. What I do is I get a bank. I have this bank. It looks like I'm Michonne from Walking Dead Comics. And anytime I get an extra dollar, extra quarter, I drop it in there. I just put it in there, put it in there, put it in there, put it in there. And then when it's showtime, I bust it open, and that is my extra show money. This year... I had, uh, I had over $100, I had $130 in my show bank, and that is nice extra money, because my dudes, I don't spend that much when I'm there, I might buy something cool, but I am not a big spender as far as it goes, I'm a bargain hunter, so 130 bucks can go a long way, and that's on top of the money I just normally have, this is my mad money, my free money, so I had that, and I saw all the vendors, and I'm just like, this is so great, but sadly... There were not a lot of vendors with super-duper high-quality stuff. It's a lot of, uh, this is where the guys who swiped all the Star Wars black figures go and try to hawk the Star Wars black or the Marvel Legends back to you. A lot of new stuff, a lot of, uh, stuff people thought might have been collectible back in the day, like Spawn figures. There's a Spawn figures up the wazoo. Star Trek, uh... Star Trek Playmate figures, that kind of stuff. But there were a few guys. There was one guy who had a bunch of great comics. He had a uh, first appearance of the Guardians of the Galaxy. He had uh, the first appearance of the Vision, first appearance of the Watcher. And I did kind of want to, I might have wanted to bargain for one of these. Because like I said, I had some extra money. But um, dude wasn't very nice. I didn't find him to be very approachable. And to me, that's part of the deal. I, I, I don't want to have a bad experience. I don't want to... I don't want to have to haggle with somebody who I don't like because, I don't know, man, this is how it is. I don't, I don't got time for jerks. Don't got time for jerks in my life. I'm not going to give you my money even though you might have something I want. So at any rate, I didn't get anything from him. This happened to me again. And I am very, very, very gentle when I touch stuff because I'm wary of getting yelled at because it seems like a constant thing in my life. 
But I'm looking at some of his books, and he leans over and goes, Hey, Chief. Hey, uh, hey, Chief. Uh, there's some key issues in there. So, you know, um, be careful. And I don't even know why Dude had a Brooklyn accent, because he had to sign up that said that they were from San Rafael. But Dude had this Brooklyn Hey, Chief thing going on. So I just, uh, gave him the hand, said, Sorry, buddy. You know, and went, went upon my way. I don't know what it is. Might just be... That comic show people, they're, just, I don't know, they're just wary. They don't want their stuff to get broken, so they take it a bit too far. Anyway, the single coolest toy I saw there was a Japanese-issued Storm Shadow still on the card. They have this beautiful blue card art with the uh, the Japanese kanji lettering or whatever you call it. Just great. Dude wanted two fifty for it. I'm just not even going to spend that much for a figure, but I did want it. He also had Destro. Destro was a hundred and a quarter. And I got to say, I really thought about dropping all the mad money on uh, this Japanese-issued Destro. But in the end, I didn't do it because it will bring me some degree of happiness. But I don't know if it will bring me as much happiness as if I kind of divvy up my hundred and a quarter and uh, buy a bunch of cool smaller things. Um, Anyway, I didn't get that, but I did get some pictures. You can hop on over to icrobots.com. You can see pictures of both of those. It is worth it, worth it to go see those photos. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be back in a sec. We'll talk about, uh, what celebrities we saw there and what they were like. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. It really is the right thing to do. Supportthereport.com. I also, uh... I want to thank everybody who helped out with our Lake County Fire Drive. That went well. I want to thank Aaron. I want to thank uh, Margie. I want to thank Don Walton. I want to thank Mr. Long. I want to thank everybody. You guys are great. It's just, it's great to give. So, uh, you did good. You did great, man. I'm really proud of you guys. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about some of the celebrities we saw. Um... There were three people who I would consider to be mainstream guests. The first one who we know was Billy D. Williams. He was there. There was also Tiny Lister, that dude who was Zeus in No Holds Barred, the dude who was the bad guy in Friday. And the third one was uh, Judd Wynick, the comic book writer who also happened to be on The Real World. First, when we walked in, we saw, uh, we saw Tiny Lister, and he was signing autographs. And it was weird because... Dude was still in his, uh, like his tiny lister mode. Somebody touched him and he went, get your hand off me. And I don't know if he was serious or not. I have no idea. And then I saw it again. Somebody kind of put their arm up for a picture and he's like, let me tell you something about me. I don't like being touched. And I don't know if he was, uh, I don't know if he was playing his character or if he was just really rude. I I don't know. But, uh, it, it was weird. I, I would think he's playing his character People kind of want to see him be that gruff, tiny Lister, but I don't know, um, wouldn't have made me happy if I kind of leaned my arm on the dude I paid 50 bucks to get a picture with and he starts scolding me, I might have asked for a refund. And then, uh, second was Judd Wynick. I am a Judd Wynick fan, he did this great run on Green Arrow, so I brought a couple comics with me hoping that Judd would be signing for free and I'd be able to get, you know, a signature on a couple of these. I picked a couple with good covers. I wanted to hang him on my comic wall of fame. So we went around and we found Judd and he was, uh, he had recently written a graphic novel and that's what he was pushing. He wanted to, wanted you to buy the graphic novel and sign it, but, um, I don't know, I decided to ask. Okay, I'm going to be honest. 
The old lady went up and asked because I get nervous sometimes. So she went up and she said, hi, Judd, is, uh, we got some books. Do you mind if, we, if, you know, to get your signature? And he says, oh, my God, they're my books? Certainly. He was the nicest dude. You know, he shook our hands. Very polite. He talked about the comics that we brought. He's like, oh, these are beautiful covers. I love these so much. He kind of flipped through them. And he put the signatures on them in, a great, you know, great places both times. Like, he did it with care. He found nice blank spots that would, uh show the signature and not cover up any of the art. Uh, Judd was super nice. Nicest guy in the world. If you get the chance to meet Judd Weinick, I would take it because bro is friendly. He'll talk to you, shake your hand, sign your stuff. Real, real class act. And then, uh, act. The The third dude was Billy D. Williams. Billy D. was there. We saw him when he came in and, um, I had to lean over to the wife and go, he's, he's looking pretty old. And, uh, he definitely was. Billy D is getting up there in years. If I remember right, I think he said he's 78 years old. Uh, dude is getting up there. And he um, he had the appearance of an older person who's having difficulties getting around. But when they got him on the stage, he came to life. It was great. He was answering questions. He seemed very proud to have been Lando Calrissian because he was doing lines from the movie. Uh, some uh, There was a lot of older ladies there who you could tell they were into Billy D in their younger days. And they were there, a lot of them in the front row, and they're like, can you say something for us? And he's like, all right, sugar mamas, I'll uh, doing that Billy D voice for him. He was a great guest. And then another person said, Billy, would you sing for us? Because he's also known as a uh, recording artist to some. So he's like, Billy, would you sing for us? And he got up and he sang a song. He sang a song. For the price of admission, I got to see Lando Calrissian up singing. It was a great, great experience. Uh, if he comes around your town and he's going to do a Q&A, go, because he, he is so proud of his work. He's proud of being Lando. He's proud of being in Colt 45 commercials. He did lines from the commercials. He's like, all right, man, Colt 45. It was great. It was so fun. It was just a fantastic time. I don't think that there was like any great insight given to anything. Nothing you wouldn't know if you've ever read about Star Wars or whatever, but just to be in the presence of such a dope, charismatic guy was just fantastic and not to be missed if you get the chance. I gotta say, man, if they don't get this dude into one of the new Star Wars movies, they're doing the world a disservice because he's a charismatic man. When you when you turn the lights on, dude has charisma. You gotta get him in there. Let's hit up tweets. Let's send some tweets out there and get him into the movie. I don't know what hashtag. Hashtag use Lando. Send those to J.J. Abrams or whoever. I don't know. Let's, let's just get it done. Let's get it done, Toys R Us report listeners. Uh, let's see, what else was there? It was just a fun time. Saw saw some cool costumes like you always do. Oh, they had LARPing. I, I've always kind of wanted to LARP. I've never really done it, but it does seem like it might be fun to go out there and sword fight. But uh, they had a LARPing event, and 2.0 and the friend she brought with her both went and LARPed. I've never seen her do anything like this. We kind of had to... We kind of had the spy from the outskirts because she didn't want us to watch her too closely. But we saw her in there. She had a sword in each arm and she's just swinging like crazy. So it was worth paying to get in here just to see her sword fight. It was great. We decided that uh, when the show comes around next year, by that time, we hopefully will uh, work on building some weapons. We want to build some weapons and jump into the LARPing event. You might get to see icy robots chopping heads. I want to make a battle axe. 
I think that's the way to go. So, uh, overall, Santa Rosa Toy Con was great. We had a great time. Oh, maybe I should talk about what I bought. What I got that I'm really, really happy about is a AWA Remco main event set. It's two figures. It's Baron Von Rasky and Rick Martel on the card. And here is the kicker. This is what I want. It has a plastic AWA ring, like the kind you would wear on your finger. It's so great. I want to bust it open just to get this ring and wear it, but I cannot break the sanctity of the seal. It's great. It's a sealed package. It's in fairly good shape. You know that I'm into those AWA Remco dudes with a passion. These are the only ones I have on the card. And I got it for the measly price of 20 bucks. Dude had it up on his table, like in a price of prestige, and he had a sign under it that said, make an offer. And I'm like, this is going to be something. This is going to be a deal. But I felt like I had to make an offer, and I went 20 bucks. And he's like, deal. I said, well, what do you know? I was thinking that you were going to say 100 bucks. I didn't say that, but I thought we were somewhere in that range. But uh, I got it for 20 bucks. Super duper pleased. Then I got a, also a Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome pin like a pin back you'd wear in your shirt. I got one of those. It's really great. It has Mel Gibson. It says Thunderdome underneath. I've been wearing it on my shirt ever since. I put it on when I bought it. Got that for a dollar. Amazing bargain. Um, I don't know what else did I get. I think that... Oh, I got the two Judd Wynick comics. I got him to sign two. They're going to go on the Wall of Fame. The comic book Wall of Fame here in the station. I guess I didn't spend that much. But what I did get was something fantastic. I hey, I've already carved out a spot I'm going to hang these two guys on the wall, but first I'll get some pictures. I'll post them. Go over to icrobots.com and you can see that. So, well, my dudes, I think that's about it. Uh, I think we've talked about the show. I think we've talked about this. So, make sure, go on over to Facebook. Join the Facebook group. It's facebook.com backslash icrobots, I-S-E-E robots, like I see them. I am looking at them. Follow us on Twitter. That's at icrobots, spelled the same way. If you got any email for me or for Iceberg13, you can reach us at Iceberg13 at gmail.com. And that's all one word with 13 spelled out. It's not a number. So if you want to reach him, you got to talk to him, shoot him an email. He'll probably get back to you. Dude has a lot of free time. We know he's not working on his mixing skills. I take it back. He works pretty hard. So at any rate, this is me, IC Robots for Iceberg13, Anson Melissa, and the entire crew here. On the IC Robots Jupiter Station. We're signing off. This is episode 52. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto. This has been an IC Robots radio production.